Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 54. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guests today are Sly Withers. The Perth indie punk band have finally released their brilliant second record, entitled Gardens. In today's episode, we're talking about the process of how the record came together, the boys returned to the podcast, and their incredible like aversion. Here we go. Our guests today are one half of indie punk band Sly Withers. They're also the first return guests of the podcast with their brilliant second record, Gardens. Please welcome back to This Song Is Yours, Jono and Sam from Sly Withers. Good afternoon. G'day, Simon. Yes. How are you going? How you doing? I'm very good. And welcome back, guys. How are we? Good, good. Yeah, thank good. Thanks for having us. Stoked to be back. Of course. <laughs> uh, now, you are the, the first return guest that we've had, which is very exciting. Back in Feb, you were also the, uh, I think it was around episode 12 or 13, but you were the highest grossing, well, p- podcasts don't make any money, but the highest <laughs> grossing act at the time with, um, I think, over quite a few hundred listens on that first day due to your fan base. You. Um, you guys seem to have very loyal fans, very um, like devoted fans. Firstly, is there a, you know how uh, like all these big pop bands have like believers? What is the Sly Withers version of that and then also why do you think they are so devoted to you guys i was just thinking about if there's a collective term when you started saying that kind of stuff (laughs) and i don't think there is at the moment but there absolutely needs to be one um like lady gaga has her like little monsters or something i believe yeah that a thing um i don't know Jono, what do you reckon um yeah i don't i don't know if we've put a name to them yet (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but there's there's like a Facebook group that was started by someone in Perth um, that is now like sort of the the base online meeting Facebook page for all the fans and it's the most wholesome thing. Um, <laughs> and so he like skinny lets us know what's going on. Um, but yeah, there's um, I have no idea why people are so loyal to us in in that sense. It, it blows my mind. People that like keep coming to shows. We just had someone that came to all three of the Queensland shows, which I just find I would never do that for a band. (laughs) (laughs) It's good that you guys do have such a loyal fan base. Everyone, um, the feedback that we got back from you guys being almost fantastic, everyone was just very much like, 
sick. Love this band. Have heard bits and pieces about them. So um, it is very exciting as well because back then we were talking about Gardens and it wasn't certain when it was going to kind of come out. I know that it had been announced, but there was no official date. And then now it is out in the world. How does it feel to finally have the record out there and for people to be able to listen? It's been such a long process. It is such a huge, huge thing that it's finally out there for us. Um, Yeah, just like over the moon. Stoked. Yeah, couldn't be more stoked to have it out there finally. It has been, uh, as we said, a long time. The album you worked with, um, with Matt Templeman, and I know that previously uh, we, we discussed that he'd kind of come on board and, and brought a different kind of, not, I hate to use the word flavour because that's kind of naff, but like uh, that he had brought, he'd worked with like a lot of heavier bands in Perth and that for you guys being like a bit more uh, folk punk, if you will, that like I'm curious for the album how you got that balance between not coming across too heavy or like too metal-ish but still having that sound because the album sounds massive. It's a huge sounding album, a great album. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think for us it was like we wanted to go as big and as like kind of heavy sounding as we could without changing the gear we were using kind of. Like I think that that maybe is the thing that kind of kept it in the kind of appropriate realm as well as like temp having like a brilliant like mind for making good decisions on like what sounds good. Like he, he gets the vibe. He knows exactly what we're going for. He's, he's just been able to realize the thing that we've been so like, uh, that we've been attempting to find. (laughs) (laughs) Where did the, um, the title gardens come from? Cause again, we've, we've known the title for a while, but I'm curious where, where the name came from. So it's kind of like, it's just a product of, firstly, when we sat down, we we're trying to pick a name for the record um, in my back garden late at night, one night, we were, we kind of realized how many references to gardens and to garden things there are throughout the record. That was one kind of like bonus point and then kind of delving more into it and thinking more about it. So much of the way that we socialize as mates, because we are so close, is we just like hang out late at night and have beers in each other's back gardens. That's like, that's our process of socializing, of organizing, of showing each other new music, of listening to our demos, of listening to our mixes, all that kind of stuff. And just the, and just the conversations that you have out the back um, of people's gardens late at night. It's kind of we we felt like the record was a product of those conversations. And also to a degree, it kind of was those conversations in terms of the kind of the personal nature of the things we're delving into. It's yeah, we found it to be a kind of pretty representative overarching kind of mission statement or whatever for, for what we had created. We pushed it like we pushed it right back to the end of the window that we had to name the album. We were having such a hard time doing it. And I, I always knew, like, as soon as someone says, "All right, you need to pick a name for the album," it's not, it's not going to happen. Um, and the ideas that we were coming up with were just, yeah, nothing was hitting the spot. And it's because we were trying to name the album, and then we were talking about how difficult it was to name the album in Sam's backyard while listening through the album. 
think it was maybe like one of the first times that we've that we listened to it all like with the masters as like the finished thing and that's yeah picked out gardens when you are naming songs or records like is there a certain process that you'll go through to determine kind of like what does work what doesn't um and like for ones when they don't why do names like sizzle me timbers get changed we have a strong kind of um I don't know what you call it. We, we have a very, we have a habit of going with working titles for way too long and also for making the working titles stupid. Um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, like turns out, which is on the record was called Sizzle Me Timbers for 18 months at least. Um, it only got turned called turns out like the day we had to submit an actual name for it. <laughs> um, cause, and that was just, that was just like, normally it's just something stupid that someone says, as soon as we, it's normally Shay, the bass player. Um, as soon as we finish the like iPhone demo in the in the jam room after first recording, like uh, like first jam of the song, and that time Shay yelled out "Fizzle Me Timbers" when we finished recording that one, <laughs> and so that kind of we were just like, oh, we'll call it that, and then we kind of like laugh at it so much that we just like stick to it, and it's there for quite a long time. I think "Positives" was called "Piabolism," all caps like an acronym kind of thing for quite a long time as well. I think there's probably some other ones, but yeah. Yeah. We, we sleep do on the weekend. Excellente. Oh yeah. Excellente. <laughs> of course. That's another one that Shay, Shay yelled out post doing the, that's the actually not a terrible name for a song. Just we were close <laughs> to keeping that one. Yeah. When you are, when it does come down to that final crunch, is it just like from within the song or do you think that it's, um, kind of another idea from outside of that where you would name it or is it just kind of it it just appears kind of um i try not to get too bogged down in naming songs if, it, if it's something that's had a working title that's really stupid and i think i think with like excellente and sizzle timbers i think one of the main reasons we changed it was because i didn't want to have to deal with people like why is it called sizzle me timbers <laughs> and then you have to <laughs> that there's absolutely no logical reason behind it being called that so I don't know. A lot of the time, you just pick out like a word or a phrase that is going to identify that song in your memory. I guess I think that's the way that I try to go about it. I, I do a lot of like um, documenting my kind of writing process in my voice memos on my phone, so that I don't forget anything. And I think what tends to happen there is because I start with like the first half of the first verse. I then need to find a name for that demo and I only have the first half of the first verse. So, so often the song titles come from that very beginning of the song. Like sometimes the very first word they get sung, sometimes the first phrase. Um, and I think, yeah, it's more of a convenience thing, if anything, sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. No, I can, I can definitely understand that. And Jenna, I'm, I'm sorry that I did make you explain this to me, Timbers. Hopefully this is the only way <laughs> you'll have to, have to explain it. Um, the record touches on mental health quite a bit and, and like certain struggles and, and people's journeys with mental health, I guess. Was that, uh, did it happen organically that the record turned out to kind of touch on it on a number of songs or was it a plan kind of going in that you wanted to discuss these topics and, and have them as kind of 
points throughout the record? I think it it came naturally because our writing process has always just been what's the word like just authentic and it's about us and about what's happening at the time so if it's something that we're going through or something that people around us are going through it's gonna come out um and I think it's this album been in the time that it was written is sort of I guess when you you know you've left high school and you're figuring out what to do next and what happens in the real world and I think um yeah there's a lot of mental health problems that can arise from that shift in in life and I think it's someone that like everyone everyone goes through something similar at that point so yeah I think it's just it's just about what what happened really it's a, a documentation yeah Tim we I felt like it, maybe it was the camera were you going to say something as well I was, I was initially going to say basically word for word what Jono said. It's, it's just, <laughs> um, yeah, the the, uh, the way we write this record particularly is just documenting what's going down. It's like, I don't think we ever like... Um, hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I was reading an article about Pink Floyd last night, how they like have all these like crazy concepts for their albums and like write songs that are stories about fictional characters and stuff. And I was just like... Like, so that's valid. I, that's just not how I approach music. That's not how we approach music for us. It's, yeah, it's just what's going on. It's just it's talking about what's actually happening in our lives and around us and kind of, yeah, and subconsciously as well, I think. I don't even know if it's a like a deliberate thing. Just It's what, it's what comes out. And, yeah, there's, like, obviously within the band, we've all had our own kind of struggles, the people around us as well. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's all a product of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. One song that um that stood out to me was Breakfast. I think that's um a, a great track. And the chorus is kind of um has like a tiny bit of duality to it, which I'm if you feel comfortable explaining, um, would be wonderful, but also I not to understand and respect. If not, the chorus, I'm just gonna paraphrase it. I've got it written down. Um <laughs> All my loved ones perish. I don't know what I should do, but I swear I'll make it home for breakfast. Yeah, can you 
tell us where the idea or what where this song came from and then yeah that concept um well i think it's important to say like that all my loved ones perish that wasn't like it wasn't referring to someone passing away or anything like that it's more just like i think i use the term loved ones loosely for just like all these relationships that i had and it was a reflection on certain things that i was doing at the time that were like cutting the strings on all these relationships um yeah like bad habits that i had um so yeah i guess it was like yeah this is i know this is not what i'm supposed to be doing and i'll figure it out i think is is how i would have written that down in the short version (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and again i think you're recognizing you're recognizing struggle that's going on around you in there right johnny like yeah that's a big thing of that and then also the kind of I don't know, this is my outside perspective on Jono's song, but for me that line is all about, like, there's shit going down, but we're going to be all right. You know? Like, that's kind of the, the essence of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The um, For anyone who might not be aware of the working process of the band or didn't listen to the previous episode, you're both the co-frontmen and both write the songs. How often... Because, um, as you said, your mates who sit around in the garden... <clears throat> excuse me, you mates, you sit around in the garden with one another um, and, and like chat and also in a band. Do you share, um, do you share sometimes some of the inner workings of the songs or is it when idiots like me ask these kind of questions that you're finding out some of this information for the first time? I'd say we're, we're pretty open about it. But also a lot of the time, like if if I know Sam's going through some shit and then he comes in with a song, there's a good chance I already know what that song is about, you know, because because we are so close outside of the music. If we had nothing to do with each other outside of the band, then I think it would be different, but we're always pretty aware of what's happening to the other person anyway. So sometimes, yeah, guess, sometimes the songs are the conversations, right? Like yeah. showing the song is like is 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 saying the thing that you already kind of are observing, I suppose. It's it's very cool to be able to have I imagine not every friendship has an outlet where you can kind of be open and explain yourself without having to explicitly say word for word this or whatever it is. So um when we spoke again previously, you're about to go on tour. I know that you've completed most of that tour. What was it like kind of being back out on the road? Other, I think, did COVID affect only a handful of shows? Yeah. We had the, like, capacities. Um, so there was a lot of, like, double double nights, um, which I, like, I actually started enjoying having, having the double shows. It was a cool way of, like, I guess cause I'm so used to going in for sound check at like five and then, you know, you're not doing anything until you start at 10 or 10 30 or whatever it is. So having the opportunity to have like, you know, your first set and then you have fun and then you kind of get a bit of a break and you can hang out with people. Yeah. It felt, felt like it was, a, it was perfect for this tour because we had such a blast with all the supports that having that extra time to just hang out and drink beers in the green room was, was really cool. <laughs> it's been really great to see like, people outside of Perth as well. We've been playing a bunch of Perth shows the past 12 months um, and they've been sick. 
but it's been really nice to kind of get back out and yeah, see all the fans and stuff that we haven't got to see since like November, 2019 and plenty more who've joined, joined up since. Um, yeah, it's just so nice to see these lovely pockets of people that we've kind of managed to find ourselves. Of course. I imagine would the crowds noticeably bigger, as you said, you haven't kind of been able to play shows since the end of 19. And now with this, um, more public profile like did you find that there were more people at the shows you're playing bigger venues yeah the caps the caps went up for sure i think there's still the, the covid restrictions still being in place meant that um there's a lot of like a lot of extra space in the rooms just because they're not allowed to fill them up but definitely like yeah definitely playing to consistently bigger crowds the whole time which is really really cool um that's sick. Can we expect, I know the tour has only recently just kind of finished, but can we expect some more shows in support of the album once out? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Keep an, keep an eye out. End of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very exciting. We'll um, definitely keep an eye out for that. With the record as well, Constant Wreck was another highlight. I thought that was a great track and it kind of... Um, it, it does it. It's almost like in two parts. Like there's a bit of a quieter start and then it gets quite heavy or quite loud. The, the quieter bit almost to me kind of sounded like it wouldn't be out of place in like a, like a rom-com or like a nineties, like teen kind of movie. <laughs> Have you guys thought about, or has there ever been any discussion about kind of having like your music used in another medium or format? Cause it is quite sing-along Sly with his tracks, like they are quite catchy. Anyone who I've played it for, introduced it to, has always walked off and still like, um, like had it in their head. I think I might have broken my girlfriend the last time that we did interview with uh, the opening line to Cracks because she just heard it quite a lot. Um, but yeah, has, it, has there ever been like a situation where you thought of use, having it being put in something? We'd love to. We would absolutely it, love yeah. to. Um, yeah. Any bloody Hollywood execs, hit us up. We're open for business. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be sick. That would be so cool. I like. I think that um, in terms of like musical moments and moments where I felt like real connection to music over the years, it's so often in like in the rom-coms in the like the teen comedies where it's like like one oh two is playing and it's like you're skating down a street in bloody American <laughs> suburbia. Um that that's kind of like those feelings that music gives you in those moments are so like uh, I don't even know what the word is, just it just scratches an itch for me so hard that I love so much. And yet if we were afforded such an opportunity to be a part of one of those moments, that would be huge. I would love that. I'm not sure if there's any Hollywood execs who listen to this. I'm not sure on the total <laughs> demographics that we've got, but um, we'll try and get it out there somehow. With the, uh, the 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 podcast last time, there was a playlist that you both very generously made for us, um, and we had spoken about Good Charlotte, and uh, we talked about pop punk and how it was sometimes a bit of like a dirty word, and um, I think we also talked about sometimes there's a bit of a cringe factor to it. I feel like since we chatted last, there's pop punk has like come back in a really big way. Like Machine Gun Kelly is huge. Um, 
Olivia Rodrigo and even Willow Smith are like taking on elements of pop punk. Um, when can we see you guys, you know, playing MTV movie awards, things like that. But also <laughs> why do you think that pop punk has come back in such a big way? I think pop punk is just everything the human ear wants to hear in music. I think it's got, it's got the catchy melodies, the like major key chord progressions. It, it, it ticks all the boxes like orally in terms of what humans are programmed to like the sound of and to feel positive feelings when hearing. And also like the punk element is all of that power, all of that heaviness, all of that kind of, yeah, it just, it just, it's just like that kind of fist pump thing, you know, it's, you've got the catchy stuff, but you've also got this kind of raw kind of power from the heaviness that just really, I think people, I think it appeals to the, to the ear as well in a different way in not a, not in a, um, Oh, this is sweet and catchy way, but in a, Oh my God, this kind of like, this makes me want to go do a kickflip kind of way, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think it's also like a really, yeah, maybe one of the more like authentic genres, I guess. I think that's something that people connect with. It's funny that you said Olivia Rodrigo's album because I haven't listened to anything other than that album in the past six or seven days. That I've been, that I reckon that is one of my favorite albums of all time already, and it's crazy how like it's not it's not really punk at all. It's just like spatterings of these overarching ideas throughout it that make it like so accessible. Like she's the songs that she's singing are so specific, but somehow apply to everyone, I guess. Is that, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a real like, openness about it. Sam, songwriting. Now I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so good. The songwriting on that record is surprisingly, yeah, she's not like a pop punk band, but like the, the songwriting is it weirdly kind of works. It is a good record. Yeah. In all honesty to the listeners, we are recording this a few weeks earlier. You guys would have played like a version by now, by the time this comes out. Are you happy to talk about why you played the song in like a version for like what, what made you choose the song that you played in like a version? Yeah, for sure. Especially if this yeah. is, yeah, if this is coming out after the fact, absolutely. <laughs> uh, what was the song and, and why did you pick it? So we picked The Scientist by Coldplay. Um, and Jono, I feel like you Thanks. have the best kind of description oh, okay. of why. Um, yeah, so part of it was the timing of that we got the opportunity to do it now and we were going to do Clarkson. So, well, we did Clarkson. Um, as the original. As the original. So when when we were writing Clarkson, um, the overarching, like, mission statement of that song was to do a pop-punk Coldplay. And I think if you, if you listen to them, there's a lot of, like, similarities in structures and stuff that I picked out of some Coldplay songs to, to make that. Like, the way that it's... I don't know, like, it's a hard one to describe, but Coldplay is just like this, I'm not like a massive Coldplay fan or anything, but their songwriting style is so like anthemic, even in their softer songs. Yeah. Which is something that I really admire and look up to. I think that's a really cool thing to like put in your music. 
Um, so yeah, we went with the scientists because also it's just like a, a massive song, and I feel like this is yeah, this is a few days before it gets aired, but I feel like we're gonna cop so much flack for not doing a Blink song, not doing Anthem. <laughs> as our social media pages are just blowing up about at the moment. Um, <laughs> there was a big element of like, like people know we can do the pop punk thing. So let's do something else. I think like a version is the biggest opportunity we'll ever have to grab people that aren't already aware of us. So doing a song like Coldplay that everyone's heard before, but we can do it in our way, I think was a, a cool way to do it. And it was a fun song to, it's such a blank canvas of a song, like one of the biggest songs in the world ever written. And it's such a blank canvas. So you can really do anything you want with that. And I think we, we got it to a point where it really felt like it could have been on the album as well. Like I, like I would like, if we wrote that and we, yeah, I, I definitely think we made it a slide, tune, a slide tune specifically from this record. Like I was really proud of that. That's sick. I think some of the best, um, like a versions are the ones that kind of subvert your expectations. Like if you had yourselves do blink, I'm sure it would still be sick, but um, like who, like when Polish club did Doja cat or whoever else, like when a band does someone that you're not kind of expecting, I think it does. I think it, the results have always been very impressive. I've found is that when you're kind of, changing it and also it also just sounds sick to hear a live version of the scientist so um very much looking forward to hearing that um so very lastly again uh, i know you made the playlist for us last time without having to go through all that what are you both currently listening to other than sour by um Olivia <laughs> rodrigo um i'm also listening to the teenage jones ep that is brilliant really really good and the new Origami Angel album is incredible. And it's 20 songs long. It's so long, but it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Prolific. Um, I've, I've been revisiting a lot of Phoebe Bridges. I had a massive Phoebe Bridges moment for like the entirety of last year. And then because I'd overexposed myself so much, I kind of chilled out a little bit for a few months there. And now I'm right <laughs> back in there. Um, but also um, I've been listening to a lot of Columbus and semantics just from touring with them. Like that's been really fun and I've really enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Um, and the teenage Gen DP for sure. That was the one mentioning the pop punk thing before. That was the one band I forgot to mention because I feel like they're kind of doing a bit of the, uh, the local charge yourselves in teenage Jones is that forefront of the Aussie pop punk at the moment. So it's, um, it's doing well. Jono and Sam, thank you very much for chatting to us on the podcast today and congratulations again on gardens, which is out now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Sam and Jono for their time. Gardens is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy a copy of the vinyl or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Amy at Deathproof PR for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.